Hello, everyone. You are listening to In the Weeds with Monica Jean, an agriculture podcast. back with Monica Jean here uh, in the Weeds Agriculture Podcast. I'm at Underground Innovation at uh, Frankenmuth, Michigan, and I'm getting the opportunity to record a couple farmers with some innovative practices. I want to make sure they get shared. And so I'm sitting down right now with Nathan Clark. He's from Coleman, Michigan. And what caught me about you, Nathan, is having pickles in your rotation and getting able to do um, tillage, uh, and also cover cropping practices with pickles in there. So if you can go ahead and describe, you know, introduce yourself, your name, and your rotation. Okay. Yes, I'm Nathan Clark. I'm from Little Town of Coleman, which is uh, northwestern Midland County. Uh, We farm in both northwestern Midland County and northeastern Isabella County. And our farm is uh, about 2,000 acres, all row crops, no animals, Corn, soybeans, black beans, and, of course, pickles. That usually is what catches people's attention. Yeah, a little bit of everything in there. <laughs> Dry beans, too, is, you know, that's good, too. That's a yep. little different. And then what is your, like, if you can go in a row of your rotation? Well, we've our farm's kind of split in, in three areas. We've got some ground that's uh, pretty heavy clay, and we try to keep our dry beans and pickles off there. Dry beans don't like, uh, don't like wet feet. We need good good draining soil for dry beans, so we try to keep that off our clay ground. And pickles, just because of uh, harvest, if we happen to get caught, mm-hmm. happen to harvest in the mud, we try to keep that off the clay as well. So uh, so our heavy clay ground typically gets just corn, uh, corn and soybean rotation. So our, our lightest ground gets only uh, dry bean and pickle rotation. And then we've got another area on the farm that's, that's just good medium soil. It's... it's uh, not too sandy, not too heavy. It's it's our Goldilocks ground, and uh, <laughs> that we will Perfect. we will rotate uh, all four crops on that ground. Uh, the only things we we don't have a set rotation necessarily that we follow. Um, the only thing we have to be careful of is we can't really follow pickles behind corn because of residue, and mm-hmm. we can't follow black beans behind soybeans because of uh, having soybean as an allergen. Uh, and there's no good way to separate that out with a, without a set of uh, electric eyes to, mm-hmm. to color sort. And we process our own beans. They get shipped to the canner right off our farm. So, yeah. And we don't have a set of electric eyes. So, okay. So we, we steer clear of that. So where are you fitting cover crops in? We definitely plant cover crops behind pickles because there's, there's such a, a short season crop. Um, so if we, if, like, if we look at a, the part of our farm where we're only rotating dry beans and pickles, there's so much of the year that there's nothing growing mm-hmm. uh, because they're both a short crop, and pickles especially are short. Uh, so that ground gets cover crop every year, and it po- possibly twice a year. If Our earlier pickles that we harvest, we try to get a cover in, something like oats or barley that's going to winter kill. Uh, we'll get that planted right after the harvest and that'll grow through until oh usually into october uh we'll try to get some wheat or rye or something that that will winter over planted in that same in that same field 
Okay. What are you doing with dry beans? Uh, dry beans will typically get wheat or rye right after harvest, um, and that'll grow through until spring uh, because they're, again, typically that's going to go to dry beans after uh, or it's going to go to pickles after dry beans. Okay. And then your soybeans? Uh, soybeans are kind of hit and miss whether we can get cover planted just because of timeliness. We'll try to get cover behind soybeans. doesn't always happen. And depending on what's getting planted next year, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we try to get cover on as much of it as we can, but it doesn't always happen. Is it corn that's your problem the next year then? Um, corn, yeah. And we, so we strip till ahead of ahead of corn. We'll we'll uh-huh. strip till in the fall. So when we we like to we like to harvest crop. Let's say for instance it's black beans. We'll go out. We'll harvest black beans. We'll plant our cover. Um, let it get established and then go in and strip till so that we have a nice clean strip in the spring. We don't have a lot of a lot of cover growing in the strip, and we like that because kind of gives us the best of both worlds where somebody that conventionally tills is always worried about the soil drying out and warming up in the spring to plant and guys that are hardcore no-till guys uh, have seem to be able to work around that but this gives us the best of both worlds we have our we have our cover growing but we have a clean strip there that that will dry out and warm up in the spring yeah. so we can get that corn in as early as possible so did i cover all your cover crops there am i missing any I think that pretty well All right. Well, crops. then I kind of want to dive into equipment a little because, like you just said, that strategic tillage seems to be really critical to getting this to work, um, especially when we have crops in our rotation that just no-till doesn't. It just isn't going to work. Right. Um, but you want to be able to be no-till as much as possible. Faux-till, right? Right, <laughs> right. Well, coming from a farm that has had dry beans on it for 60, 70, 80 years now, there's always been a stigma I think there is in a lot of agriculture but definitely on our farm no-till can't work in certain areas dry beans are especially one uh, pickles are definitely another one that we say well that ground has to be worked we're starting to see that maybe that's not as true as we right. had originally once thought but we still need dry beans need a, a good seed bed mm-hmm. uh, and and so how do we do that with as minimal a disturbance as possible so strip till is the answer that we come up with on our farm and it's been about 10 years we've been playing with it started out let's try one field here and one field there and we'll see how it works and over the course of the last 10 years we've been more and more more involved in it we we keep doing more acres every year we do it with with more crops uh the first the first time we strip till the pickle field we we weren't sure if that was the smartest thing we ever did or the, or the dumbest thing <laughs> yeah. we ever did, uh, but it worked out. So we said, let's try that again. And, and uh, this past year, 2019, we, we had about 350 acres of pickles that yeah. was planted in strip till. Looking into the future, I don't see a reason to go away from it. Yeah. Um, we will probably be more strip till until we have, until we see a reason not to, the Strip till may be the only way that we work our ground. What would you, what's your favorite piece of equipment? Is, from is that a, like picking your child? I'm sorry. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So uh, as far as like the the brand of, of strip till we're using, or well, like just if you have one that's really helped you, I guess the most through this. As far as equipment goes, one of the one of the things that uh, everything's a learning process. So we started with 
a, a strip tail rig that was affordable because mm-hmm. we didn't know how, how well it was going to work. We yeah. knew there were farms doing it, but is it going to work on our farm with our management practices? We weren't sure. So we started with the one that was affordable. And we've since traded uh, to, a, to a different strip tail rig. The, the one we're running right now is a Krauss Gladiator. And we've been extremely happy with, with what it's done. I would recommend it to anybody. Um, there are a lot of choices out there. Just like uh, there is with anything else, there's always a lot of choices in every brand. While the general concept of strip till, everybody seems to agree, if you look at them, there's not a lot of difference. But there seems to be, once we get out in the field, there seems to be a lot of difference okay. in, in the job that it's doing. Okay. So that's that's what's helped you the most then as far as being able to, to transition. Make, to make strip till work on our farm, having the right unit has definitely made okay. a, a, a difference in how much we can do and how how consistently we can strip till. Yeah. Um, would you say that's the number one thing then, like proper equipment or? Yes. The, having the right equipment to do the job, and, and the planner shouldn't be overlooked either. Um, there, if, if you're going to no-till, if you're going to work in, uh, in cover crops, if you're going to strip till, all these things are just a little bit different than what we're used to uh, with conventional tillage. And so the planner can't be overlooked. There are a lot of important attachments like row cleaners and, and things like that. Um, on, our, on our planner, we use hydraulic downforce and a good set of row cleaners. I think those are two things that are, that are very important to doing a good job especially when we get outside the realm of conventional tillage. Yeah. So for those two specialty crops, the pickles and the dry beans, what's in that rotation that's made it work for you? Because you've had like 10 years or more than that maybe of figuring this out. We've been strip tilling on our farm for 10 years. Uh, it's, it's been less than that that we've been doing the pickles and dry okay. beans. So we're we're still learning. I I fully expect that there's going to be uh there's going to be some expensive lessons come yeah. to us. I'm I'm sure we're going to learn more things as as we move on down the road, but it's expensive lessons, but you don't seem wavered by that. Like I really see that you believe, you know, you're you're invested in this. I'm not wavered by the fact that there's a, there could be expensive lessons coming because uh-huh. the amount of money that we've saved in fuel and equipment cost. I mean, it, it costs us X number of dollars to take a piece of equipment across the field every time. Yeah. Every hour that it's running, you know, there's cost of ownership on a on a tractor uh, at a at a certain certain dollar value per hour, and you've got to put a person in that vehicle, and you've got wear parts on your tillage equipment. All this stuff adds up over time. It's just considerably less when we can take a smaller tractor that burns a lot less fuel, make one pass, and all of our tillage is done. Um, we're not making a primary pass and then multiple yeah. secondary passes. We're, we're doing it in one pass, so it frees up help. So we, we don't need as many people to cover the ground. We're doing a wider swath with a smaller tractor if we're looking only at primary tillage. And we just, we burn way less fuel. Yeah. And and nobody can overlook the cost of fuel. Uh-uh. And, I love and hearing that cost. it makes sense in the dollars. <laughs> ah, that's great. So they don't, they can't see the, the pictures you showed and they'll do a great job at showing like how it's working. Can you, could you like paint us a picture a little bit? Like what does it look for dry beans? Uh, so our dry beans, typically we're planting into cover crop that's, that's already been burned down. 
we have a, a wheat or rye cover that's been burned down, and then we work a 10-inch strip. Uh, we're planting in 30-inch rows, so so a third of the ground's getting worked. And the two-thirds of the ground that's not getting worked, that cover's still in place. It's shading the ground, so mm-hmm. we see in the summertime we have cooler soil temperatures. We're, we're maintaining our moisture, soil moisture better through the hot, dry part of the summer because we're, we're not getting as much evaporation. And really, I, I can't stress enough how much I think it makes a difference in the, in the temperature, okay. um, especially when we get on our lighter soils and across sand ridges where uh, we get so much reflective heat uh, coming up and, and just cooking those plants. Yeah. And if we can have a cover there, those those plants stay so much healthier. They seem to handle the hot, dry part of the summer better. Yields are comparable then? We have some sand that we, for a lot of years, didn't expect to even have a crop on. But it was a small enough place that you just you went over it anyway because you had to get to either side. Yeah. Um, and we're getting a crop there where we didn't used to. So you're so it's we've, working for you. We've yeah, improved there. We've improved okay. there. Anything we get is an improvement over what we used to yeah. get. You know, maybe we're harvesting a a, a crop that's uh, ten or twelve bags, hundred hundred weight yield on that sand, and the rest of the fields maybe eighteen or twenty. It's still we're we're getting ten or twelve bags yeah. there where we didn't before. Didn't, yeah. So uh, it's it's helped a lot there. We've seen uh, in cases of heavy rain in 2019 we planted all of our dry beans in two days we had a two-day window and everybody in the neighborhood went out and planted beans and we planted ours in in our strips and we had a field that bordered our field that was it was conventionally tilled our field when you when you get two inches of hard pounding rain before the beans come up which we did that's typically not a good thing for dry beans (laughs) (laughs) so our field handled it fairly well. And their black beans, they will take, if any dry bean is going to take water, a black bean will take it. They, they seem to be a little hardier than most. And the neighbor's field was kidney bean field, so definitely more susceptible to root rot yes. and, and those kind of problems. Yes. But but the amount of water standing on the field and over, over the course of a couple of days, our field just took it better. And mm-hmm. so then it, it became kind of a science project for us watching it through the rest of the summer as to how much better that field that had some cover on it and was strip-tilled, the rain, the heavy rainfall, than the field that was conventionally tilled. Now can you paint me a picture a little bit of the pickles, what that would look like in season? Pickles are typically the same thing. We're going we're gonna to plant into a, into a burn-down cover. We're going we're gonna to burn that cover off as fairly quickly in the spring. Uh, it, it could be two or three weeks before we plant. We don't want that cover getting too big. We can't handle too much residue because we row crop cultivator pickles, mm-hmm. and, and just the way a pickle harvester works, it doesn't lend itself well to a lot of residue. So we try to keep that cover as small as we can. We plant it later in the fall. We, we burn it off earlier in the spring so that we don't have too much cover. We want some cover there, but we don't, we're not going to have the benefits of you know sh- the shading, the ground to keep the temperature and the moisture and all yeah. that in check because we're going to row crop cultivate anyway so within within just a couple of weeks of being planted there's a row crop cultivator in in that field we're probably not going to see those kind of benefits in the pickle field anyway so we're not as worried about letting that get so big and 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 holding that that shade yeah now uh i heard that you had quite a pickle of yourself when you came over this way you had a little bit of a rough morning. Uh, well, yeah. Yesterday we had uh, we had it was 
I don't know, 15 degrees, I think, most of the day yesterday. It was and, a little chilly. <laughs> and we were trying to get some corn off. We still have some corn in the ground, so we're we're trying to get some corn off, and, and uh, the dryer was uh, plugging away, drying corn, and until it till it shut itself down, and and we went to check on it, and the steam from the dryer had uh, had been blowing around the end of the dryer where the intake for the fan uh-huh. is, and had completely iced over the oh, the the intake for the fan. So when you have a almost nine million BTU burner running inside yeah. there and it can't get any fresh air, uh, it's a little bit hard on the on the electrical components inside That's that right. that plenum. So uh, pure Michigan is what I call that <laughs> moment. <laughs> Well, I sound like you've got a lot you need to get done at the farm due to recent events, but thank you for taking the time and just walking us through your rotation, how you've been making it work on some of your specialty crops. I originally was going to make this all about pickles, but I think talking about dry beans is just as it's just as important because we do have a lot of growers with those specialty crops mixed in. So mm-hmm. thank you so much, Nathan, right. for doing this. Thank you. This podcast has been brought to you by the MSU Extension Field Crops Team. For more podcasts or information, please visit us at canr.msu.edu backslash field underscore crops. Thanks for listening.